0: God's good, amen. But we're doing it out of obedience. We are doing it out of obedience, amen. God has given us the, the gates of the city. That's right. and the word talks about the gates from the north, south, east, and west. That's exactly what we've done. We have the gates into this city on all four stretches of the highway, praise God. Yesterday we got to clean and work on two of them, praise God. And, uh, but uh, we do that because we believe this is our city. Yes. Hands off, devil. Amen. So this is our city, and uh, uh, our name is is out there, praise God, posted. Why? Because we, uh, we run this city. That was weak. We run this city. Amen. I ain't talking about necessarily naturally, but, uh, but if we take care of it in the spirit, amen, things shift naturally. Praise God. And that's exactly what we try to do. Praise God. We believe God for our community and our region. Praise God. I know it's not just Redmond. we got a lot of folks from other places. Praise God, too. A lot of Primeville people. Uh, we have uh, Crooked River Ranch people. Some of them are gone today. But thank you. Amen. sisters, whoop. Okay, band. Who am I missing? What am I missing? Powell Butte. Any Powell Butte people? What? Madras. Terrebonne. Alfalfa. Oh, and Redmond. (laughs) All right, praise the Lord. Well, you Ready? All right, we got some things for you today. Praise God. Again, we're going to 1 Timothy chapter 6, please. Read a verse we've been working on the last couple weeks. Um, I might do a little quick review and then jump into what we have for you today. Praise God. Kind of shifting gears here today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God's good. Amen. I guess I should probably turn to it, huh? Praise the Lord. So 1 Timothy chapter 6, please. Verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Hallelujah! Lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession, in the presence of many witnesses. Praise God! Of course, we've focused on a few other things, uh, you know, in this text. The last couple of weeks, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, talking about what it means to lay hold on to eternal life. Amen. Uh, the word is perpetual life. Amen. And to lay hold of means to grasp it, to comprehend it, understand what you got, praise God. And as we've been finding out, eternal life isn't something you get when you get to heaven. It's something you got when you made Jesus Lord of your life. Jesus said, what is eternal life? He said, this is eternal life. He said, it's knowing the one true God and the one in whom he sent, praise God. That's where it starts, Amen. Hallelujah, that perpetual life. When you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, hallelujah, on the inside came this thing called perpetual life. This eternal, everlasting life, perpetual life is sitting on the inside. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Amen. Now, you may not totally know what you got. You may not totally understand it. You may not totally grasp it yet, but bless God, stick around. We'll make sure you do. Amen. Because that's there for you to use. And then it says, having confessed a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. We've spent some time talking about that, quite a bit of time. The word confession, again, homos logia, which means same word or covenant acknowledgement. And if you're going to do this thing right, speak what he says. That's what we've been talking about, praise God. It's so easy. Uh, the enemy tries to get us to, uh, to talk what is instead of talking what should be. Come on now. In fact, the the word's pretty clear that the Lord calls things that be not as though they are. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, what happens? The enemy tries to get you to call what is, what is. And it never goes away because perpetual life causes that to continue. That's why it's uh, it's so needful for us to be cautious in what we say. Amen. And there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of junk going on. We've talked about that. And it's real easy to get caught up in it. And pretty soon, next thing you know, you're talking what everybody else is talking. And then it's the one, amazing how it never goes away. <sighs> Come on now. Hallelujah. And it said, fight the good fight. Hallelujah. The word fight in itself actually has a few definitions. Uh, the word fight is defined as to compete for a prize. And there are places in Scripture it talks about that. talks about also or defined also as uh, content or to contend, pardon me, to contend with an adversary, which, of course, we see many references of that. But this, I believe, word here talks about endeavoring to accomplish something. That's what it means. So when we're talking about fighting a good fight. How many know we all have a fight to fight? Amen. Now, we do know we have an adversary, and we do have uh, time of taking a stand and resisting your enemy and, and, and uh, you know, standing your ground and who you are as a child of God. Amen. And, uh, you know, fighting this good fight of faith. There's times you've got to fight the fight of faith when you're dealing with your enemy. Uh, But I I believe with my heart, amen, this is a little bit different meaning here, okay? And so this is what we're going to kind of focus a little bit on. I kind of touched on it last week. I'm going to kind of springboard off this this week. Uh, But again, the word here, uh, fight, the good fight. Everybody say good fight. fight. I mean, I've heard many people say over the years, a good fight's one that you win. But in all honesty, praise God, the word, uh, when it's talking about a good fight, is because you've already been given the victory. According to Scripture, you've already been given the victory. The Word's uh, pretty clear. They lead you in all triumph. Amen. All you got to do is just hook up. Amen. Now, stay engaged. That's what he's talking about. Fight the good fight. you got to stay engaged. A lot of Christians just don't get engaged. They just, they just, they just kind of cruise along in life and let life happen. And, and as a child of God, you got that perpetual life on the inside. You have the ability to change things. You have the ability, amen, to turn things around. You have the ability to be a difference maker. An atmosphere adjuster, an environment influencer, a suburb swayer, a community changer. That's who you are. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for all that enthusiasm. But that's you. You're a difference maker. Amen. So we fight a good fight because we have been given the victory. But it says a fight of faith. There we say a fight of faith. You know, um, a lot of times, you know, we talk about faith. We minister about faith. The word faith, the Greek word pistis which means, you know, in, uh, to believe or a belief in, a confidence in, a conviction of, assurance, reliance, dependence, trust. These are all synonyms to this word faith. Amen. And so a lot of times, you know, we're talking about, you know, using faith to, uh, to uh, win your battles. And that's exactly right. That's exactly how you do it. We live by faith. We walk by faith. We do warfare by faith. Amen. You even lift that uh, shield of faith. Come on, somebody. So we're not taking away from any of that, but, The thing I want to bring out about this text, this fight of faith, that faith always involves the unseen. Really, or it isn't really faith. Are you still with me? So with that said, let's look at a few quick verses, and then I'm going to make my statement again, and then that's our springboard for today, praise God. So uh, fight of faith. Let's look at this here, Hebrews 11. I think we read this last week. Let's read it again. It says, Now faith is the substance... Of things hoped for, expected. As you kind of look this up in the Hebrew, it's bringing out, or pardon me, the Greek, I mean, it brings out, praise God, that it gives substance to things you hope for or expect. Okay? And it is the evidence or the proof of things not seen. Everybody say not seen. Not seen. seen. Verse 2, please. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. In other words, they gave witness of this faith. Amen. How did they do that? Well, they believed, amen, in God to the point that even though they didn't see it, they believed for it and it manifested. Are you with me? And so we have a whole chapter here of patriarchs of faith, men and women of God who have gone before us, who have believed God and by their faith, Accomplished things. Still with me. Verse 3, please. For by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Everything around us was, was framed, was put together by His word. Him speaking it. What this is, is Genesis 1 in manifestation here. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are Visible, okay? So we have to understand that somewhere along the line when we're talking about faith, we have to be more confident in the unseen realm than we are in the seen realm. So when he's talking about a fight of faith in this uh, 1 Timothy text, amen, what he's referring to is you got to have more confidence in the unseen than you do the seen realm. And that when you take a stand, when you're, uh, you know, you're grabbing hold and grasping that, that, that perpetual life that you got, and you're using your mouth like you should, you're speaking words, amen, that, that same word, that covenant acknowledgement, talking His words, you're doing that because you have more confidence in what He said than how it looks. But what happens many times, the enemy talks us into being more concerned or more caught up in what we see. Are you with me? So it's a fight. I said it's a fight. That word fight also means a struggle, which I have a hard time with that. But when you look at it in this light, it's exactly what it is. It is a struggle because it's real easy to get caught up in how things look. What somebody said, what somebody's doing. Come on. Are you still with me? All right. The scripture also says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, for we walk by faith. What? Not by sight. sight. See, if you're going to walk by faith, you can't be somebody that walks by sight. See, so if we're talking about a fight of faith, you can't be somebody that's always moved by the natural, uh, you know, how it looks naturally you got to be more moved, more confident, more assured, more, uh, uh, you know, uh, relying upon the the unseen, the power of the unseen, than you do the seen. The same book in chapter 4, verse 18, says, We look not to the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. Everybody say temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal or permanent. The word temporary, again, amen, I know we touched on this last week, but it again means subject to change. Everything in the seen realm is subject to change. But if we are more moved by how things look or how we feel, we continue to take that perpetual life and we use our mouth to bring destruction, Instead of life. We have a tendency to talk it. In fact, uh, Romans 4 and 17, the the Lord talking about Abraham, but He said he calls those things that be not as though they are. In other words, he calls those things that are unseen. In other words, right now I don't see it, but I'm speaking it. And somebody said, well, that was God. Well, we know that that's what he did with Jesus. In fact, the Jesus ministry all through, everything he did and where he went, amen, he constantly called things that be not as though they are. And the Word says this, in fact, Jesus said this, the same works that I do shall you do also. And you should also know this, you're part of a family of God, the household of faith, amen, made in his image and after his likeness. Oh, come on, somebody. Amen. So we are called to do the same thing. That's why the Word warns us to guard your words. Amen. To guard your mouth, because death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's why we call things that be not as though they are. If you're not feeling good, don't go around telling everybody you're not feeling good. Somebody says, well, I've got to tell them the truth. Well, tell them that according to the Word of God, by His stripes, I'm healed. Praise God. He bore my sickness, carried my diseases, praise God. He forgives my iniquities, heals all my diseases, praise God. So we said, well, that sounds weird. Of course it sounds weird. It always sounds weird. Because you've got to have more confidence in the unseen than you do the seen. So to the world, it always sounds weird. And even to some Christians. Because we're so used to talking what everybody else talks. And here you are, a child of God, got perpetual life on the inside, and we're using it against us instead of for us. Can I hear a big amen? All right, so if you want more of those messages, you go back, and there's a lot more we talked about last couple weeks. Go online and find the message on Vimeo or podcasts or Turn to Roku and look under Jerry Roberts. Turn to Jerry Roberts Ministries and you will find the message. If you want to watch it on video. Amen. The point is this. Hallelujah. A lot being said, I know, in this verse. But the part I want to focus on today of this 1 Timothy 6 is the fact this fight of faith. It's about having more confidence in the unseen realm than we do the seen realm. Otherwise, we're going to constantly perpetuate what we don't want. Do you know something doesn't go away just because you don't like it? We've probably figured that out by now, right? Or because you don't agree with it. Come on now. Things go away in your life and and change when we take a stand as a child of God and do what we're called to do. And it changes. Are you still with me? I'm going to throw this out there too. Uh, you know, there is no condemnation or, or guilt or shame because maybe we've done this wrong in the past. Believe me, we've all needed a little bit of work on our mouth. Come on, somebody. I mean, none of us have, have arrived yet. We're all learning and growing. But somewhere along the line, we've got to shift gears in this thing and begin to head in the right direction. Still with me? Okay. All right. With that said, praise God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Let's go to John 5, please. Go to the Gospel of John. Now, are you with me? Yep. All right. John 5, verse 19. Verse 19 said, And Jesus answered and said to them, talking to his disciples here, amen. Hallelujah. He said to them, most assuredly I say to you, now is yours in red? Mine is, I guess if you got a red-letter edition, so we know for sure this is the words of the Lord. Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son of Man, and I was talking about Himself, the Son can do nothing of Himself. What? But what He sees the Father do, for whatever He does, what the Father does, the Son does in like manner. Huh. Now, we know that, you know, many times we've talked about this, and we'll read a couple of these verses here. But, uh, uh, you know, Jesus said, I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. In other words, I do what I see. I say what I hear. Are you with me? So that's why, you know, he said that you could do the same thing. And he said the same works that I do shall you do also. But you've got you to gotta position yourself. To see, amen, what you should do and to say what you should say. All right? He said, look at this. The son said this. The son can do nothing of himself. That's a pretty big, you know, thing there. Right? So he said, well, pastor, what are you saying? Well, let me let me define it. Okay, the word nothing means not even one thing. Does that make sense? The Son can do nothing, not even one thing of Himself. But what He sees the Father do, amen, for whatever He does, the Son also does in like manner. Verse 30, let's go ahead and skip through and go to verse 30. For the Father loves this, or here we go, I can do, go. says it again, I can do what? Nothing, right? I can't of myself do nothing, praise God. As I hear, I judge. In other words, I make a judgment call, and my judgment is righteous. In other words, everything I'm saying is, is right before God, right? Because I do not seek my own will, hallelujah, but the will of the Father who sent me. I can of myself do nothing, not even one thing. Am I making myself clear? How did, does anybody believe that Jesus had a successful ministry? Do you think what he did was good and right? Come on, right? Do you think you know he? Uh, uh, you know the word even says that you know you couldn't even you couldn't even write enough books. To tell of all the stories and things that happened and we're talking about something really primarily of three and a half years we said well that was jesus well see see the problem that happens with this kind of thing is we start looking at it we say well that's you know he's different no jesus tried to get it across you listen this he called himself 84 times in the gospels the son of man not the Son of God, the Son of Man. okay? Was he the Son of God? Absolutely. Come on, but the Son of God came as the Son of Man to fulfill the old covenant as a man. Okay? So he operated in a way that is possible for you and me to operate. Otherwise, old things, known void. You can't tell me that I can do, all, do the same works that you do. If I, if I can't, that's a lie. Do you think Jesus lied? I don't think he lied. See, we've been made in his image after his likeness, and here we are, praise God, part of the family of God because you received Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. The word says you became born again, amen, hallelujah, and you, met, you are now making heaven your home, praise God. You're no longer hell bound, you're heaven bound. Can I hear a big Amen. Praise the Lord for that, okay? Now, here we are, you have perpetual life on the inside. Now, what he's trying to do is get you to hook up so you know what to do with it. All right, let's get another reference. That was like chapter 12, I think one in there, 49 or 50, I believe it is. It says here, for I have not spoken, Jesus, again, for I have not spoken on my own authority... Not in my own way, not in my own, after my own strength, after my own deal. Come on, somebody. Not, not in my own authority. He said, There's another way of saying it. I can of myself do nothing. I'm not speaking on my own authority, but the Father who sent me, gave me a command, an utterance, it means what I should say and what I should speak. And I know. Everybody say, I know. And I know that His command is everlasting life, the same same Greek word there, perpetual life. His utterance contains something. All right? So I know that His command, His utterance is everlasting life, eternal life, the same word. That word's used interchangeably uh, in most of your uh, references or most of your translations, I mean but it means perpetual life or perpetual power. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. I can of myself do nothing, not even one thing. Jesus had a revelation. What was his revelation? That if I will connect to the unseen, the unseen will take me where I need to go. Jesus had more confidence in the unseen than he did the seen. Am I losing? Or are you still with me? John 15 and verse 5 says this I am the vine, you are the branches. Talking to you and me now. He says, He who abides, remains, continues, abides in me, takes residence in me. Hallelujah. And I in him will bear much fruit. In other words, you'll be successful. How many know Jesus bore much fruit? He said, you could bear much fruit. Hallelujah. For without me, you can do nothing. Not even one thing. Same word. We got to get a revelation. Come on. Because we think we can get her done without him at times. Now, no good Christian, and I got a bunch of you in here, no good Christian's gonna say, Yeah, I can do it without him. You wouldn't say that, would you? But you are thinking it. Because we get ourselves in trouble. We find ourselves more connected to the seen realm than we do the unseen, so we don't abide like we should abide. We don't remain, continue, take residence in Him and let Him and His words take residence in us. The reason Jesus was successful and bore much fruit was because He took the time. Let me say it again. He took the time to seek the will of God. To hear what the Spirit of God was telling him. To draw on what he needed to draw on. To see what he needed to do. He took the time to do it. That is still available for all of us as children of God. Many of you know that. Many of you have exercised that, have done that, have seen parts of that come to pass. And you know as well as I do that the things that we do not do that with is usually the things that are hit and miss. Probably not as fruitful. Anybody want to tell me the truth today? Come on now. A reference that Trudy used in Offering Time, uh, Philippians 4 and 13, I can do all things. Through Christ, through what? Through Christ, through who? Christ, Christ, right, who strengthens me. Some translators say, which strengthens me? Talking about the the anointed one, his anointing, the word Christ. I mean, it was not not his name, that's his his title, it's who he is. He's the, the Christ, the son of the living God. He's the anointed one, amen. But I can do all things through Christ. Well, why? Because you're abiding in him. You remain, you continue in him. Are you with me? Let's go to Genesis, chapter 2, please. Hallelujah. Did you come to get something today? All right. Genesis 2. We got to have more confidence in the unseen realm than we do the seen realm. Listen, you'll find that joy comes when you have more confidence in the unseen. You'll find that courage comes when you have more confidence in the unseen. You'll find that answers come when you have more confidence in the unseen. You'll find more victories if you have more confidence in the unseen. Your decision-making will actually be better if we have more confidence in the unseen. Are you still with me? Are you glad you came out on a Sunday morning? Okay, well, that was about half of you, so I guess I can keep going. All right, Genesis 2, verse 7, right? And the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground, And breathe into his nostrils, literally means into the face of, right? So he breathed into his nostrils, his face, the what? The breath of life, right? Everybody say the breath of life. Hallelujah, the breath of life. And man became, it says, a living being, all right? That word living being, if you look it up in the Hebrew, literally means a speaking spirit. Okay? So uh, he breathed uh, into man, he breathed the breath of life, And he became now this living being, this, amen, this living being, this speaking spirit now with the potential to do things. Come on. Just like his father. Let's go to chapter 3. We'll get to like verse 8. Of course, I'm skipping a lot of stuff here. I get it. And uh, this is now, uh, you know, after the fall here, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam his, his wife hid Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God uh, among the trees of the garden. We all know the story, okay? And uh, how many know uh, that's not good, right? But here we are. So what does this all mean? Well, the word here, sound, of course, let's look at a little bit of definition. Some of you have heard me talk these things, but we're, if where I'm going with this today, you've got to you kind of hear all this, okay? So are you still with me? Yeah. All right. So the word sound here means voice. What they heard was the voice of the Lord. God was talking to them, all right? So he heard the, the sound of the voice of the Lord uh, walking in the garden. That word walking uh, in fact, the Hebrew word is, uh, I believe it's halak, I believe it's, yep, halak, which means literally to be conversant with. Okay, so the, the, when it's talking about walking, in fact, even many times in the, in the Old Covenant, talk about the patriarchs of faith who walked with God. All that means is they were conversant with God, they talked with God. Okay, God is trying to get his people to be conversant, to talk with him. He wants to speak to you. Amen. So uh, they heard the sound, the voice of the Lord uh, God walking, hallelujah, in the garden, in the cool of the day. Okay, in the cool of the day uh, of the day refers to something daily. Everybody say daily. It's a key word today, daily. Everybody say daily. Okay, in the cool of the day. In fact, your cross-reference for that word uh, probably says uh, uh, wind or breeze, but it's the same word for breath. Okay? So what it says here is every day what set what made their life work up to that point was the daily breath of God. God didn't just breathe one time into them and then left them alone. God is calling us to come unto Him, to let Him breathe into us every day. Now, it's not complicated to be conversant. Some of you really know how to be conversant. Okay, so you don't lack the ability. It just might be what you're conversing that might be off. But God is asking for us, amen, to also walk or converse with Him in the cool of the day. In other words, every day, let Him breathe into us. Are you still with me? Now I'm heading somewhere. And it said, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence The countenance, the face of the Lord God. Christians are still doing it. You have a God who made a way for you at any given time. The price was paid for you. You have nothing holding you back from the presence of God. Because Jesus made a way for you at any given time to go to him. Well, you just don't understand, Pastor, I've blown it. You don't think he didn't already make a a way for that? His name's called Jesus. Well, you know, I'm just not really there yet. You don't think he didn't make a way? His name's Jesus. Come on, somebody. Well, you know I got issues. You don't think he made a way for that? His name's Jesus. Made a way for you at any given time. That's why the Word says that when you receive him, you become now the righteousness of God, one in right standing with God and had nothing To do with you. Everything to do with him. Because he knew if you don't get to the source for him to breathe on you from day to day, it's going to be a real rough ride. So they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among. The trees of the garden. Christians are still doing it. The trees of the garden, that was part of their responsibility. Chapter 2 brings out, it's like around 15 or something. It brings out the fact they're called to tend to those trees. All that, all that represents is your everyday living responsibilities, accountabilities, things that you're called to do, jobs, family, all that kind of stuff. And we got Christians still hiding among the trees, using it as some excuse. And the whole time, all of your answers is in the presence of God, conversing, letting God breathe the breath of life on you so you know what to do. Are you with me? Am I born you? God is still looking for his people. See, his presence is our attachment to the unseen. Presence personally, presence is everything. It's everything. It's everything. See, you can of yourself do nothing. Not one thing. If Jesus said, I can of myself do nothing, who are you to think you can? Right? Now, nobody you know, necessarily does it intentionally, pro- well, maybe some, but most probably not. Most just kind of get up, and they, you know, they, they have their little ritual. They get up, they have their cup of coffee, they go to the shower, they get clean. I mean, everybody even showers this. I mean, they all have a certain way. You grab the bar of soap, you start with this part of the body, and you end up on this part of the body. You do the, the shampoo. Everybody's got their little ritual of what they do. Now, I don't want to know yours, and I ain't going to tell you mine. But the point is, everybody has a, path, a thing that they do because we're creatures of habit. The problem is most Christians do not plug in their, the abiding thing. We're too busy. No, you're, you're hiding among the trees. It's time to get out from hiding among the trees. God's not take, not saying that you have no no nothing to be responsible or accountable for. God's, God understands. God knows about your life. I'm gonna throw a word out. Of this word called manifold. It's a cool word. And we have what we call a manifold life. The word manifold means multi-sided, multifaceted, multi-layered even complex in the sense of, uh, you know, something intricate. Okay, so we have this life because everything's layered. We have so many things that go on in our lives. You know, we have a, I was thinking about this, so I wrote some things down. I hope this does something for you, but we all have a past, a present, and a future. We all have a yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You know, we all were born, and we have people in our lives that were born, that come into our lives, we all live a life, and one day they bury our body. Some people, we have for a lot of years, some people not so long, but sometimes in those moments when you find out the preciousness of life. Are you with me? Now, hang on to this. A childhood, parenting, grandparenting, Are you with me? Learning, maturing, passing it on to the next generation. You have your family. You have your extended family. You have a church family. I said you have a church family. Okay. You have your life, your personal life. You have a family life, and you have a church life. Nobody's excluded. We all have this. Okay. You have your personal needs. Your family has needs. And others have needs. You're not just called about your own little life or us for and no more, but you are also called to bigger things, things beyond you, because you are also called to be a part of the needs of others. Period. We all are called to this. We could go on and on about every area of our life. We could talk about, how about like finance? There's debts, there's bills, there's investments. We can go on and on about all the things about a manifold life that everything is layered, multifaceted. Any given day could all shift because everything in your life is subject to change. So we have this life. So what happens, we get caught up in this layered, multifaceted complex Life. And pretty soon we think it's all it is. It is not. It doesn't change the fact that you have things to deal with and work through. But what happens is if we're not abiding in him, if we're not in a place where we're walking with him in the cool of the day, letting him breathe on us, we get so two-dimensional, so to speak, where it's just about this one little thing or this thing. And somebody says, what about, what about, what about, what about? Oh, no, it makes me crazy. I I can't, I just get, no, I know it's complex. No, it's confusing. I just can't stand. Just forget it. I'm just going to focus on what I can. You don't just have this, you have all this, and you have all this, and you have all this, and you have all this. I've made the cameraman great. Have all this. It's still there. You can't just ignore it and hope it all goes away. But many try. So we find the little tree we like, and we hide by that tree. Somebody calls, don't answer that phone because they'll maybe go to a different tree. <laughs> They're asking, they want you to fill this out. No, don't do that. It's too complicated. There's a lot of stuff that's going to be complicated. Somebody says, Pastor, you're not edifying me right now. <laughs> but see, that's why you need a God who can breathe on you every day. He walks you through all this. And there's different things, different keys. And I have to bring some of this out today because of what came to me. So uh, there's, there's the grace of God. There's the wisdom of God. There are spirit leadings from God. Are you with me? All of these come from Him. Come on. By you spending time, because every one of those things are necessary for you to actually function right as a Christian. Now, if you don't know Jesus, let's get that right and get it square. Amen. So make sure you come talk to me afterwards. We'll get you, get you into the family, praise God. And I'll show you how to steer clear of the trees. Anyway. See, there are still things to tend to. There's still things you're accountable for. There's still things that we, we would deem as responsibilities, okay? Things that you, as a, as a child, as a parent, as a grandparent, as a business operator, as an employee or an employer, come on. As it does, you know, you, we all have things that, according to this word, are, in a sense, on our plate, So, how do you function? Walking with him in the cool of the day—it's the only way because that's the way it was designed. What did Jesus do? Walk with him in the cool of the day, constantly got alone, communed with him. Got the, where did he see this? Where did he hear this? Now, granted, you get you get you get in tune enough to the voice and the spirit of God, you'll you'll catch things even as you're. Functioning every day, moving along. But the key is to learn how to get still before God and learn the voice. Come on, somebody. Learn to see with the inner eye what he's trying to show you. You'd be amazed at how many things will take care of themselves because he just shows you exactly what to do and exactly what to say. And all of a sudden, it's no longer something to be worried about or worked up about. Some of you are worked up about stuff. God has been trying to give you the answer for weeks. But you don't take enough time to commune with Him. Are you still with me? Hallelujah. Everybody say manifold. Scripture talks about the manifold wisdom of God. Talks about the manifold grace of God. Talks about the manifold works of God which is all based on things that he leads and they do, and as a result, it becomes this multifaceted. See, the point is that God has every answer you need for your manifold life. He knows every layer, everybody in here. See, we all can do this, okay? We all have certain things that are maybe our conviction, okay? And I I look at you and I think, well, man, I can't understand why you don't blah, 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 blah. And you might look at me and go, well, I just don't understand why you don't blah, 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 blah. Well, first off, there's a lot of variables in a lot of these things. Because you don't know the family situation. You don't know the kids' situation. You don't know the financial situation. You don't know the health issue. You don't know the extended family situation. You don't know the church. You don't know that you don't, you, I, 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 but you got that in yours. And what happens, somebody comes at you and says something. Well, they don't know your situation. Now, it doesn't exclude any of it. You don't just get to ignore what's being said or done. The point is this. God knows it all. That's the point. I can of myself not one thing. I can of myself do nothing. Not one thing on my own. It is so freeing. I can of myself do nothing. Woo! It's not by mind nor power, but by your spirit. Hallelujah! His spirit, praise God, brings things to remembrance when it needs to. He reveals and shows truth when he needs to. Hallelujah. He shows you things to come if need to. See, the spirit of God is multifaceted. And when you connect with God, hallelujah, everything he has to offer is now at your disposal. So he knows, so then you will know what to do with that perpetual life that you have a hold of. So you're not hurting yourself with it. I really blew my notes all apart, but let's go to Hebrews 4 and 16. Come boldly. To the throne of grace. Everybody say throne of grace. Throne of grace. Okay. Hallelujah. Come boldly. Come with confidence. See, that's what he says. At any given time, you have access here. You have access. That's what he means. You have access. Come boldly. Come with confidence to the throne of... He could have called it anything else. He called it throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy. Praise the Lord. And find, amen, grace... To help in time of need. To find, where do you got to find it? So you got to go to the throne of grace to visit the, the, great, the God of grace so you can have the grace of God. It's not that complicated. Grace is an empowerment. The word grace in itself is a favor, a benefit, but it means a divine influence upon the heart. Look it up, concordance, strong concordance, just straight out of the strongs. A divine influence upon the heart and then its reflection in your life. The heart means the core, the center. Now, many of you heard me talk grace many times. But see, this is what you find when you hang out with Him. All of a sudden, I just, I just don't know. I can't do that. I just can't. I just can't do that. It's just, oh, it's just way too much to. Add. I mean, have me. I tell you what, and you know that guy. You know that I'm. married? You know that girl. I'm. Married, you know, you know those kids. I mean, you know, oh, geez. And then he expects me to be in church. And then he wants us to walk stinking ditches. Can you believe that? Oh my God. How can anybody do all this stuff? I got my own life to live, preacher. I got my own kids to raise, preacher. I got my own bills to pay, preacher. God, if you only knew, you live in a bubble. Well, if God's in there with me, it'll work. (laughs) No, it works. All of it works if you'll spend time with him. So, all of a sudden, you got the power to do what you want. See, there's an empowerment, a divine, a God influence to impact, to impart upon your core. Come on, so it could be now reflected in your life. Right. So, all of a sudden, you got this thing on the inside. And all of a sudden, you go up here and you hook up, and all of a sudden, it just. What just happened? And you thought you had no no ability to do anything. Get a little grace on you and all of a sudden, man, I can't shut you down. Hey, slow down, wait up. But when you're not going and you're not getting it, you're not getting connected, you're not letting them breathe on you. Elihu in Job 32, I remember verse 8, I think it is, or something like that. Elihu is one of my heroes. He's going to be one of those guys I'm going to hook up with. He's a young guy that was hanging out at the time when Job was going through all of his mess. And all Job's buddies were all hanging around. They're all trying to come up with some, you know, some reason why it all happened to Job. And they're all sitting there, well, this, and you know, it could be this. You know, you probably, if it wasn't for you, to, if you would have done, if you love, you know, if you, you that's all they all got rebuked for that. Do you know, remember that? Job, you better pray for your friends. Because I don't like anything they said to you. But Elihu, this young guy, sitting back here, as they're all sitting around the fire talking, going, you know. Spirit of God speaking something to me. There's something, you know, I'm kind of hanging out with God, and, and God breathed on me something. You guys are sitting around boohooing, and maybe we ought to be getting a little different picture about this. So it says, There is a spirit in man, and the breath of Almighty gives him understanding, discernment. It even means, it means wise and skillful intelligence. Later on, this is now Elihu talking. Okay, I ain't got time to go into all of it. But then chapter 33, still talking. Verse, uh, I think it's like 4. That's it, all right? The Spirit of God has made me, come on, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Because it means alive or to quickeneth. Come on, somebody. It means literally uh, to in spirit inspire Empower. Yes. So this guy standing on the background, you know, while these guys are all talking. In okay, Elihu, what do you got to say? Well, you know, you guys are all old. I get it, and you're all supposed to be mature and get read the book. He says, I know you're all supposed to have a bunch of wisdom, but I ain't seeing any of it. But God has breathed into me some things. And we're going about this all wrong. So Elihu's one of my heroes. And I believe with all my heart, amen, Elihu has something to speak to all of us today. Because it's through that breath that we have that wisdom from above. It's through that breath that we have that grace from above, that empowerment to actually walk this thing out. Put Colossians 1, I'm skipping a bunch here. Colossians 1, verse 9 and 10, put that up. Hallelujah. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you will have a walk worthy of Him, fully pleasing to Him, and fruitful in every good work, is verse 10. Come on. Now, Point is, is that he is the source of wisdom, true wisdom and spiritual understanding. Scriptures are very clear. Uh, Proverbs 4 brings out, in all you're getting, get wisdom, get understanding. Well, where do you get it? That's why the Scriptures are so clear, warns you about the wisdom of this earth, the wisdom of men versus the wisdom from above. Because all you have to say is, I have a question. There's always somebody going to oblige you. There's always somebody going to give you an answer. And you have to decide, do I really want all my answers? Now, I'm not saying that there ain't godly people who can give you some godly answers. But the point is this. If you're always looking for the world to somehow answer your questions, you're already behind the eight ball. Wisdom comes from above. Ephesians 1 brings it clear that it's the, the God, our God. That, that, in fact, did I give you that reference? There it is. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The word said, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The point is this. God is not holding. to give you all the empowerment you need. He wants you to be able to know what you're getting into. He wants to be able to help you through it all. God is not trying to say, here, welcome to life. See you in a few years. Hope everything works out. God says, listen, this is how it works. You came to me. You accepted me. And at that moment, the greatest miracle that ever happened, you happened. He said, now here's the deal. From here out, every day, let me breathe into you. Let me speak something into you. Let me show you some things. Well, Pastor, uh, you know, Pastor, that sounds great. sounds wonderful, but (laughs) if you knew what I'm dealing with at home, you wouldn't be saying all this stuff. Now, listen, um, I probably do know what's going on in your house, at least to some degree, because I do pray, and I do have some confidence in the unseen. But I'll tell you this, a lot of the problems down here in the natural would go away if we had the right word from him. Are you with me? So every answer you need is there. Uh, Real quick, I'll throw another one at you real quick. Let's do, um, let's see, I'll skip down here all the way down to the bottom here. Um, 2 Corinthians uh, 2.14, that'll work. I think I quoted it earlier, but it says, Now thanks be to God who what always leads us in triumph in Christ. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and diffuses through us the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. God always leads you in triumph. Uh, Romans 8. Did I ever tell you how much I love Romans 8? Yeah. Romans 8, 14. Praise God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons. Of God, we us, okay, mature ones of God. So, as many are going to be led by God, the point is this the Spirit of God always wants to lead you in triumph. So, there's grace, there's wisdom, there's spirit leadings. Every bit of that is available to you as a child of God. We just got to get you to get still before God and let Him breathe on you once in a while. Is anybody hearing me today? Now, listen, I know there isn't probably anything I've shared today that I haven't shared from behind this pulpit once or a hundred times. But I'm telling you, these are the answers. It's never changed. How do you win? Well, you hook up with the one who leads you in triumph who will empower you, amen, by His grace to do that, to give you the wisdom to make proper decisions. Come on, somebody, when all this other stuff is coming at you, because you know why? You live a manifold life that is constantly changing. It's complex and intricate. And about the time you think, hey, I got her down, all of a sudden somebody does it. You did what? So what happened? Well, all the, everything shifted. Because that's that's how it works. But see, if you're not hooking up to the one that knows that it all shifted, then you just go, "Uh, I claim ignorant. That's why every day you hook up, he breathes into you. There's an empowerment, divine influence that comes upon you. All of a sudden, wisdom about all the stuff, all the information and data is coming. It shows you how to take that now and use this and then do this, how to say this, what to say here. Sometimes it's just one word. Sometimes it's just one word. The Spirit of God says, speak this. Literally, speak this. I can of myself do nothing. Not one thing. But what I see, I do, and what I hear, I say. And as a result of it, you don't think Jesus didn't have a manifold, intricate life working with the boys he was working with? And the people around, come on, somebody. One minute, they're all saying, we're with you all the way, brother. You want us to what? I'm out of here Talk to the hand because the head ain't listening. And that was like, didn't you just like three minutes ago say you're with me? Now, does that not change everything? Does that not change all the dynamics of everything? See, that stuff changes all the time. It happens all the time. So what do you do with that? Well, you, you just stay in bed. That's some of the things I was going to say, but I'll leave that alone. So, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the point is this, okay? If we're not taking the time to let him breathe in us, that means we're taking the time to do something else. And there's probably a good chance that it's not moving you toward abundant life. It's moving you away from abundant life. God is always your source, will always be your source. Let him breathe into you every day. Take the time to just get still and quiet. Let him talk. Let him commune with you and ask him the questions you got to ask, but then be still enough to let him answer. Say, well, I, I never hear. I found out. Be still. Chill out a little bit. You might be amazed at what you start hearing. Pray in the Holy Ghost a little bit. That's part of that thing. Let the Spirit of God begin to lead you and show you things and reveal things. And all of a sudden, life just shifts. And even though this happened and that happened, all of a sudden you're still winning. You're still succeeding. You still know what to do. You're actually still in love with Him. You actually have a smile on your face, a little bit of joy. Come on, somebody, or a lot of joy. I'm just saying, it's all there in Him. Did you get something today? Give the Lord praise, everybody. Come on. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash wovictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org that's wovictory.org see you there